Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sheila Shoiga and welcome to Ready to be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. In this episode, I speak to Professor Ian Robertson about confidence. And the fourth way that confidence works is it makes you smarter because this dopamine activity in your reward network spreads out into the frontal lobes of your brain and uh, that neurotransmitter helps them function better. Mm. And so you can think more clearly. You can respond quicker. You can see the wood for the trees. Mm. So it's a bit of a magic, if you can get it, it's a bit of a magic uh, recipe, really, to, to, to learn to be confident in an area. Ian is a clinical psychologist and neuroscientist and he's widely recognised as one of the world's leading researchers in neuropsychology and he's also the author of several best-selling books including How Confidence Works. In this conversation he tells us what confidence is, what makes someone confident, the differences between men and women in terms of confidence and why that is, the art of bullshitting and the power of positive self-talk. Here it is. Okay, confidence. Some of us have it, some of us don't, some of us want to have it. So let's, le- let's learn about it. Yeah. What, what exactly is it? Well, let me say what it's not, first of all. So it's not optimism. Okay. Optimism is the belief that things will turn out. And it's not self-esteem. Self is, or, yeah, self-esteem is your belief that your evaluation of yourself, okay, your, how well you think of yourself. Confidence, its secret sauce is it's linked to action. Confidence is the belief that you can do a particular thing and also your belief that if you, if you, if you do do that thing, then the good outcome you want will happen. So confidence is, is a, an action enabler. 
Okay. It's and it works in the brain. Do you want me to? Yeah. No, I love this. Please go on. Yeah. So. Confidence. Um, your brain, our brains work as prediction machines. Okay. And one of the things we predict is the outcome of our own actions. Mm. And and if you if you predict that you can successfully do that action or take that step say that difficult thing in that difficult conversation if you're if you say i can do this to yourself i have the feeling you can do it mm. your brain chalks that up as a success already confidence is is linked to a specific domain so i can be generally optimistic about the world but i can't be generally confident about myself i can be confident i can be confident in certain domains i can be confident that i can speak approximate sense to you in a podcast or when i'm giving a lecture yeah but not confident that i can entertain you socially at a party that i can my small talk I'm, I'm maybe not that confident about my ability to make small talk okay i get you or my ability to be funny or my ability to um to to do woodwork or my ability yeah, 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 or yeah. my ability to to um uh, I don't know. Um, be a ballet dancer. Uh, yes, or play tennis. <laughs> you know, I can be as confident as I like about tennis. Yeah, I'm still yeah, a dreadful yeah. tennis right, player. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so confidence is linked to action. And, and essentially, you know, you build confidence by successfully doing these actions. So is it fake it till you make it? Well, there's a bit of, you see, that's the thing about confidence is it's it's something that's to a considerable extent learnable. yeah. And so it is. That's the whole. Is are you born with it, or is it something yeah, you develop over time? Yeah. It's something you develop. It's something you develop. There are maybe certain. You may have certain advantages that you're born with. So a certain particular personality, for instance, that makes it easier for you to, to be confident. But that doesn't mean to say if you if you have a very shy personality that you cannot learn to be confident. You can. Yeah. And fake it till you make it. It there's, there's a huge. Uh, truth to that because um, most people when they do something for the first time uh, can't be certain that they will manage it yeah you know yeah yeah the first time I remember the first time I gave a lecture at a big international conference I mean I was absolutely terrified yeah and of course wasn't that confident now now I can do that without too much bother you know because I you know you've done it before. I've done and it before. I can do this. But yeah. So how does confidence work in the brain? So it's an incredible thing because what it does is, it it because your brain says, "Oh, I, I can do this," or you know, it ticks it up as a success. Mm. That gives you a little, your brain a little spurt of an incredibly powerful neurotransmitter, dopamine. You've all heard, you've heard of dopamine. Yeah. That's a natural antidepressant. That activity. So it lifts your mood. Simultaneously, it reduces your anxiety. So it's a natural anti-anxiety drug. Then it increases your motivation mm-hmm. and makes you more likely to do the thing. And you're more likely then, therefore, to get the success experience because you do it. An awful lot of anxious people who don't feel confident, they step back, they don't take the action. Anxious people across the world do less stuff in general. And because they do less stuff, they get less opportunities for reinforcement, for reward. Yeah, and that okay. deprives their brain 
of these multiple mini antidepressant mood elevating anti-anxiety shots that they get okay. um, and and the fourth way that confidence works is it makes you smarter because right. this dopamine activity in your reward network spreads out into the frontal lobes of your brain and uh, that neurotransmitter it helps them function better oh. and so you can think more clearly you can respond quicker you can see the wood for the trees mm. so it's a bit of a magic if you can get it it's a bit of a magic uh, uh, recipe really to, to to learn to be confident in an area yeah I'm, I'm thinking of a few things now right i'm thinking of the fact that as irish people i wouldn't say that the word confident goes hand in hand with the irish psyche we seem to be quite self-deprecating as a people um and there's a whole like you know if you're confident it's your notions you know getting above your station being a bit cocky, being a bit this, there's a kind of confusion around what it actually is. Because there's obviously a big difference between being confident and then being overly confident. But it sounds like breaking through your comfort zone, pushing yourself outside that as often as you can is a really good thing to build that sense of I can do this, therefore I am confident. Precisely. And and, um, two things there. Marissa Mayer, the who was the first um, big tech company CEO of Yahoo, she said um, she said this about success, but it applies to confidence as well. She said, success is about doing things before you feel quite ready. Mm. <laughs> mm. And um, the second thing is you're talking about the Irish, and it's also a Scottish thing of self-deprecation. Of, you, know, you don't want to stand out. You don't want to be seen to be arrogant or swaggering. And, Say, oh, this is probably rubbish that I'm going to say to you. Oh, don't listen to me. Oh, I'm such a mess. Oh, I'm sorry. You say sorry before you before you've done anything. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's a weird kind yeah, of absolutely. And, and and that's fine. That's just a verbal tick. The sorry business, but the self deprecation. You know, saying you're in a meeting or about, and you say, oh, oh, and you you do this preemptive strike. You say, ah, oh, this is probably rubbish. What I'm going to say, but now. What that does in the in the short term, it makes you feel less anxious. Okay. It's a wee kind of it's a kind of wee don't don't criticize me. So know. it's kind of protection thing. It's a self protection thing. You know, don't don't don't, don't criticize me. You know, because um, you're you're getting in there first. You're putting exactly, yourself down first. Exactly, exactly. And um, and then, but what that does is it, it it sabotages your own confidence in the thing you're about to say, but also even more importantly, it sabotages other people's view. Of you, and of mm. course that that's mutually interactive. So that's why Marissa Mayer was right. You know, you, you don't you, you you just say it and you bite your tongue with these little self-deprecating yeah. habits. Now, of course, some people don't like that because then the risk is you then, particularly for women compared to men, the risk is you start to be come to be seen to be you know up yourself, you know, or or, or kind of you know arrogant or you know. Well, there is that double standard, isn't there? Yeah. For men and women, particularly yeah. when it comes to the workplace. Like, yeah. you know, the man who stands up for himself, he can be seen as strong and assertive and alpha and he's a boss and he's a leader. But she's a bitch. It's a huge trap for women. It's a huge, huge trap yeah. for women. Yeah. The behaviours that are acceptable in men and, and, and women get punished for them. Mm. Uh, it's it's it, Now, fortunately, the days of the kind of swaggering alpha male boss throwing his weight about you know are in in many countries are, are, are somewhat numbered 
or yeah. at least it's much harder for them to behave in that way because of all sorts of corrective yeah, yeah, yeah. systems there there are, and and the, the the scope there is for the kind of um the the kind of leadership that that involves the kind of quiet confidence and the quiet team building and and the kind of us rather than me mm. uh, there's more scope for that in 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 the world which now which is a real positive which is a real positive yeah and in that kind of world the kind of this the, the the swaggering charisma of you know the can do kind of John Wayne leader, yeah, that that kind of doesn't cut the mustard anymore, particularly in complex tech companies and media companies. You can't, you know, you have to. People have to work as a team, and you know, the more you have this, the more you have very hierarchical structures like that kind of behavior tends to produce. The less intelligent the team becomes, right? Because um, the team IQ is not correlated with individual IQ. So you can have a team of several people trying to solve problems, um, and that if that team, the the, the 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 ability of that team, the smarts of that team to be able to solve the problems, isn't correlated with the individual IQs of that team. It's correlated. It's correlated with the the team IQ, and there's three things that define the team IQ. One of these is the proportion, the equal proportion of time spelt spe- spent speaking by the team members. So if you have a big swaggering dominant team leader who, spend, who spends all the time talking or most of the time talking, that squishes the team IQ, okay? Because okay. you're not getting, you're not, you're not networking the brains of the team together sufficiently. The second thing is the average ability of the team members to read other people's emotional expressions, because you can't network brains together mm. unless people can kind of suss out whether you're bored or interested or angry or annoyed or sad. And the third thing is the proportion of women in, in the team. So more balanced teams, gender-wise, are smarter teams. Okay. But that's entirely accounted for by the fact that women have higher average ability to read other people's emotional expressions. Mm. So smart, if you want a smart team, the last thing you want is the very dominant, overconfident, swaggering, kind of classic, kind of male dominant figure. Yeah. That that just that just destroys the, the IQ of, of otherwise very smart teams. And right. that's why the kind of quiet leadership um that may not be, you know you overconfident of women is, is more at a premium these days. And men, of course, and men can behave like many men do behave yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Before I kind of go back to the male-female thing, because that's really, really interesting. Um, just what you were saying there, and you were giving the example of somebody in the meeting who starts off putting themselves down, being self-deprecating, um, and and the damage that does. Is it because, again, back to what you were saying about, you know, the mind is listening, I suppose. The, yeah. the unconscious part of our brain yeah, is yeah. absorbing whatever yeah. we feed it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, most of what determines our, our behaviour is... There's so much going on in our brain, and we've only got a tiny percentage of that we can be consciously aware of. So, and so if you if you um, if you say, "Oh, I, I'm," what I'm saying is probably rubbish. These these words actually embed themselves at some level into your mm. <laughs> into your unconscious processing, and um, it becomes a kind of habit yeah. of thinking and 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 of experiencing. So that's why. Going back to your fake it till you make it, 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 you know, it is the case that if you're going to meet the big boss, there's a primitive tendency to make yourself small. Okay, yeah. 
you know, this. Mm. Um, if you fake it in the sense of just stand proud and tall, not a big swagger, but you just stand proud and tall, even though inside you may you, you, that you may be resisting that. That's just a, an example of a very simple kind of faking it that will actually trick your brain if oh the, to think something like if you well if you're standing tall that signifies mm. self belief yeah yeah um and similarly if you're if you say look i think that we should do x and you don't say oh i don't know if this is rubbish but if you bite your tongue and don't say the first bit and just say i think and yet and then this is what i believe i think it's right Bonus. i know nothing yeah. is certain mm. It's always uncertainty in anything we decide to do, but I am choosing to believe in myself saying that in spite of the in spite of the anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the great thing about confidence is what it, it, you, one of the great ways of building it is doing things in spite of feeling anxious. Yeah. So it's almost recognize that feeling, accept that it's there, and you don't. But but still, precisely, precisely. do the thing. That's just one of the great things is. People being frightened of fear, yeah. anxious about anxiety, and that and that multiplies. Mm. Mara Wilson, the child actress, Mrs. Doubtfire, she said years later, she said, "I wish someone had told me it was okay to be anxious, oh. and it is okay to be anxious." Yeah. And and a lot of the people just not accepting it as a normal emotion, that actually is a is actually a form of energy, because. That excitement has the same, sorry, that anxiety has the same symptoms as excitement. And um, it, all it is is your body preparing for action. Yeah, so stress and excitement, very the, much the same. Yeah, well, stress is the perception. Stress is the perception that what's being asked of you exceeds your ability to cope with it. And anxiety is the resulting emotion. Say that again, sorry. So stress is a perception. Yeah. That what's being asked of you, the demands made on you, exceed your ability to cope with them. Right. So it's a perception. Okay. And because you feel I can't do control, this. Yeah. You feel anxious. All right, yeah. So it, the the the, 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 the it follows from that. If you change the perception, you can change the stress mm -hmm. from being a source of retreat and anxiety to one of excitement and challenge. So that's where your self-talk, how, what, what you say to yourself it, is so important. It's so important. And also, exactly. So in, in, the words you say to yourself are incredibly important. Yeah. The posture you adopt is incredibly important. Yeah. The eye contact you make. I'm sitting up straighter <laughs> now because I, I have a tendency to slouch. Well, so do I, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah. It's, um, you know, you mentioned being quietly confident and straight away, I am much more comfortable with that rather than, a, if somebody said, um, you know, he's confident or he's quietly confident, I'd instantly smile and feel more connected to the quietly confident yeah. person, be yeah. it male or female. And I suppose because one of the qualities I admire most in people is humility. Yeah. And somebody who is has that confidence but you know it's not showy about yeah, it yeah so is there a way of harnessing all the power of confidence but you know not being so outwardly about it oh absolutely i mean and that's probably the where we want to get to is it yeah the, th the thing about um what you're really talking about there is a kind of a brash overconfidence yeah am i just confused no perhaps i am Am I not? No, you're not confused. Right, okay. No, because you see, confidence is a two-edged sword. Okay. Um, too much of it leads to overconfidence. Okay, yeah. 
um, too little. Uh, many of the brain's processes are like that. Too much and too little, you underperform. We're all slightly overconfident compared to brute reality. We would not have a gambling industry without that. Okay. You know, people who buy a lottery ticket exaggerate in their own mind the chances that this action will produce a winning. People who bet on horses, mm. there's a kind of chronic um, uh, over-optimism and over-confidence, uh, which gets us up in the morning, gets us running our own businesses, doing our own podcasts, things like yeah, that. So, yeah, yeah. so it's a healthy... But it's a, it's a healthy kind of overestimation of of, 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 of our chances, say, of, of our business succeeding, because most businesses don't succeed. Mm. Um, but when it becomes too much, it, it becomes excessive. You get people become blind to risk. They become arrogant. They start treating other people as objects. They become narcissistic. Mm -hmm. And the thing about so many of our actions in the world are about our relationships with other people as opposed to, for example, our ability to, to, to build a computer or to fix a lawnmower, okay? Their confidence is critically important to help you persist through failures, to persist through difficulties, to, to learn how to fix a computer, for instance. Mm. In social relationships with other people, so much of it is about persuading other people. It's about persuasion, influencing other people, mm. okay? And there... We're in the much more in the domain where the kind of superficialities of swaggering um, salesmanship, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which we call overconfidence, mm, you know, mm. the person who comes in and, you know, the classic one, you, the, everyone, the cliche about women having the jobs advertised as five characteristics, the woman has three of them, doesn't apply, the man has two, applies and he gets the job. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's part of the kind of the salesmanship because... Confidence makes you a better salesperson, and 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 because of that, it buys you status, mm. and that status sticks even if the, the the fact that you are unjustifiably overconfident is revealed to the group. In other words, overconfidence is just such a an unfair uh, mm. uh, way of buying influence. In, in, in people, particularly people who feel underconfident, that's part of the politics of populist politics of the world today. Of selling people and you know persuading by virtue of this, selling people simple messages, overconfident that I can do X, Y, and Z. Um, and and it's not what the world needs. The world needs the quiet confidence of the scientist, patiently delivering, persisting. The woman that came up with the the mRNA for for. The COVID vaccine. She, Turkish woman, worked for years against huge adversity in Germany, yeah. lost her job several times, persisted with the idea, and eventually came through. I mean, there was no yeah, swaggering yeah, yeah. charisma, but without without her confidence in her ability to follow through this idea, she would never have got it. Yes. So that's the critical thing, and we have. So you're not confused at all about confidence, because in the social domain, it's. Uh, it's very, very unfortunately easy for people to to get a status by virtue of their ability to to, to have the external trappings of confidence and give people people a false mm. impression of mm. what they know and what they can do. And and, and women suffer vis-a-vis -vis men on this hugely because men are much better able to do it. Well, let's talk about that because I know you did studies for, with with children as well in this area, yeah, yeah, just to yeah, see uh, yeah. the vast difference between boys and girls. And I suppose as 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 a mother of two kids, I have a boy and a girl. You know, he's my little boy's five. My baby girl's not even one. But it's something 
that, you know, when I read it, it, it did instantly make me feel sad and frustrated and how there is such a massive need for change yeah. in society and how we speak to our kids yeah. and what we teach them yeah. and what they're absorbing from the yeah. environment. Yeah. So anyway, let's talk about that because it's really interesting. Yeah, so, well, let me start with the good news, which yeah. is this is not fixed. This is not a biological, unfixable reality. This confidence gap between men and women, boys and girls, it's as a result of systematic um, social, social psychological processes. Mm. And if you go to a country like America, yeah, the gap between men and women is much less than yeah. it is in a country like Ireland or Scotland or the UK, where where the and that's true also for socioeconomic status. The the, the, the dis- if you're a working class woman in Ireland or Scotland, the, the huge deficit you have in confidence. Mm. Um, so so globally, yeah, our, yeah. our Ireland Scotland kind of kind of in, in the OECD countries are way down the bottom. Are can, we? Yeah, I can yeah. tell you how I can tell you how we measure this if you want. Please, yeah. So <laughs> if if I may use the term the bullshit index. Okay. Um, so bullshitting Love means. Love this. <laughs> Bullshit index. Bullshitting means uh, thinking or pretending you know things that you don't. So in the PISA study of educational attainment across the OECD countries, they very cleverly put in a a series of questions about how well do you know these mathematical concepts, you know, differential, you know, equation. Right. um, Zero, not at all. Ten, know it and understand it fully. Yeah. So they give a list of maybe a dozen of these, but three of them don't exist. <laughs> Brilliant. And so you get so you okay. get a me- you get a measure across countries. Yeah. So people are caught out then. They're obviously. caught out. They say yeah. yes. Um, you know, spirally, spirally, equations. I've heard of fully understand them. They don't even exist. They don't exist. Right now, you then you look at boys versus girls. Of course, boys bullshit more than girls. You look at. But why? Why do they? Because um, bullshitting buys you status. Okay, and that's ingrained in in from from an early age in in. Well, boys. we're a, we're a group species, and yeah. we're, we 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 exist in hierarchical groups. We form dominance hierarchies, and where we are in the dominance hierarchy has huge implications for all sorts of things, from whether we find a mate to whether we get the best food, and best shelter. You're after reminding me of something. I remember yeah. a number of years ago. Very quickly, I went into a card shop to buy a card for a friend's kid, a girl. And all the boy cards were, you're awesome, you can do the super, superheroes. And all the affirmations on them were very empowering yeah. and go get them and you're strong. Yeah. And, yeah. and all the girls were, again, it's back to that, it's the princess mentality. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's almost a bit subservient or yeah. submissive. Yeah. And it's all yeah. it's all based on the appearance and lovely and pretty and kind and love. And nothing about strength no. or, or no. go and get them no. or any of that. So straight away, I was it was so blatantly obvious when I looked at the cards and I got a bit annoyed. I got a bit annoyed about it because I was kind of struggling to get the card for, whereas sure. if, if my friend's kid was a boy, I would have, there were a ton of cards I could have picked up and any one of them was brilliant. But yeah. they were all they were all kind of go- doing yeah. the same thing for girls and they were all just, their messaging for me um, and now as, as as a mother of a girl, I, I'm like, this is not good enough. No, no. Not good enough. There's a huge headwind, huge mm. headwind for, for, for girls and women and that's one a very good example yeah. of, that, of that headwind. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But um, the interesting thing, so so you get huge differences in, in, in bullshitting. Now, let's just say bullshitting is not necessarily a bad thing, actually. <laughs> We've all done it. Let's be I honest. Know, I've done it. I know. I know. Of course we have. And But, but, at the kids who 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 maybe even thought they knew, but who 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 said they knew these, and understand these non-existent concepts, they also were more likely to report that they were would persist through problems. That they 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 were more likely to persist through difficulties in school. Okay. They were more likely. So there was all sorts of motivational and and uh, uh, grit uh, features that were associated with this tendency to bullshit yeah so because straight away you yeah. would think when you say it you would yeah. almost associate it with it with the negative and yeah. even though okay we all want to teach our kids and ourselves yeah. you know be honest yeah. but we all whether we want to admit it or not yeah. even the most straight up honest straight as die person we tell little white lies yeah, they, yeah. they happen yeah. in daily yeah. life yeah you know um it does it's i suppose it's the reality yeah, isn't yeah. it but it's actually not a bad thing. It's not well, a bad no, no, thing no, necessarily. No, not necessarily in, in, in moderation. So it's, it's, it's as much as, as long as you're not a compulsive liar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so not a psychopath, but yeah, it's not an aspir- it's, it's kind of aspiration. But the interesting thing was, so you then you can look at these differences between men and women across countries. Yeah, and in, in America, the difference in bullshitting between men and women is relatively small. So okay. what that means is. Women in America don't have the same confidence penalty that women, and, and the bottom of the lot was Scotland. You know, the Sc- right, Scottish okay. women did not bullshit at all. And Scottish men did much lower than Americans. Which in a way is admirable, because what you see is what you get then. Well, except, except, if, except if it becomes um, self-sabotaging and self-deprecating. You yeah, know. okay. And yeah, it pulls you, them down in life. Yeah, so, so it's not yeah. the fact... Yes, it's, be, it's better that they honestly said, I didn't know spiralectomy equations. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I get they, you. But it's all the other things. They, 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 you know, these these women would be less more likely to give up 
when they didn't manage to, to do the sum for their homework. They're more likely to give up and say, oh, I'm no good at that. Yeah. Whereas the equivalent American person would be more likely to keep trying, if you like. Mm. So, so, so this sort of, you know, this, this confidence thing, it's a bit, of, it's a wee bit, of, it's a, there's a wee bit of play acting about it. You know, fake it till you make it. There's a wee bit of, you know what? I can't be certain I can do this, but you know what? I think I can do it. And even just saying the words to yourself, yeah, rehearsing the words, has a number of positive effects. If we have time later, I can tell you a story about Porrick Harrington. No, tell and it now. Uh, I'd love to hear it, yeah. Um, so Porrick Harrington was, uh, this 2007, I think, Open in, in uh, Carnoustie, the British Open, big, big prize in golf. And he was in the lead ahead of Sergio Garcia at the 17th hole. And he said he was just in the zone playing beautifully. And, and he said he, he, he really already was imagining himself getting the claret jug and winning the Open huge prize. Mm. And he said, he was teeing off at the 17th, said something happened in my mind. I just don't know what it was. And he hit the ball and it went into the Barry Burn, into the river. And uh, there he, he said, no, I didn't feel too badly about that. You know, I was okay. And you know, he walked up, took the penalty shot hit it again, back into the river, twice into the river. And he describes the feeling of, first of all, of this image of him winning the Open, collapsing in ruins. Also the sense of humiliation and embarrassment at doing something so ludicrous in front of millions of people watching on television. Mm. So he was a complete mess. Uh, walking, walking up the fairway with his caddy, Ronan Flood, who, um, and Flood... Uh, just said this one thing to him over and over again. He just said, you are the best chipper and putter in the world. You are the best chipper and putter in the world. Over and over again. Until Harrington said, if I'd been holding my club, I would have hit him with it, you know. He was, but by the time they got to take the second penalty shot, he chipped it beautifully, yeah. putted and holed it, even past Sergio Garcia, who gave him a big run, big grin because he thought he was going to win. Squared the 18th hole, played well in the 18th hole. Even the match, there was a playoff and he won it. Huge celebrations. Mm. It's not the end of the story because Flood and his caddy and him didn't see each other all evening. And they were into the limo to go back to the hotel later. And Harrington turned to Flood and said, you know, Ronan, you saved my bacon out there. After I hit that second shot into the river, I didn't think it had a chance. And he saw that Ronan was uh, flood. Sorry, he saw that flood was was laughing. He said, "Why are you laughing?" He said, "I didn't think you had a chance either." Hmm. So, so flood was just saying the words. Yeah, but he was saying his saying the words in such a way, essentially hacked into Harrington's brain. Yes. So that by the time Harrington came to take that second shot, there was no, nothing, because our, 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 our conscious awareness is a very limited capacity system. We can only have so much in our mind at any one time. Mm. And so all that was in his mind by the time Flood finished with him was something, was a set of behaviours that he, he was the best in the world, that yeah. he had rehearsed. So his memory system was now only supplying him with past successes and chipping and putting. Yeah. And his attention system was narrowed in with no room to think about great success 
or great failure, great admiration or great humiliation. The big thoughts were gone because all there was in his mind was chipping and putting. So that meant that when he came to to chip that shot, his his brain was in a sweet spot because mm. there weren't the big surges of elation or anxiety that disturbed the networks of the brain you need for elite sport. All there was was his attention. Completely focused. And, 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 uh, and, and that was done partly through the artificial means mm. of the words you say to yourself, he said to himself. See, I, I, I really do connect with this in a big way because I, I suppose I learned, I, I've been a fan of affirmations because my self-talk can often, the inner critic can often be turned up quite loud in my own head. I'm really working on it, have been for years, to turn it down. So I really do believe in the idea of how you speak to yourself. And I have friends who catch me when I say things, stop, what, you're saying that again. And then, you know, you realise yourself and you catch yourself saying certain things. Or I find when I'm speaking to my kids, I notice how I'm speaking and I have to be aware of it. But I noticed that um, when I was pregnant with my son, I wanted to have a natural birth experience. And a lot of people told me I was for the birds. You know, you're, you're going to scream. You're going to want the epidural. You're going to want all the drugs known to man. But I really knew I was afraid and knew it was an unknown territory. But I really did want to give it my best. So um, I decided to really work on affirmations. So I had post-its, coloured post-its all over the house. I had them you know, by my bed and the, everywhere, in the kitchen, everywhere. Like it was, the house looked a little bit, <laughs> if you came to visit, you might have thought I had mental health issues. But the day came that I, you know, my water's broke and I started to have contractions. And fast forward a number of hours, I have my baby boy in my arms and I have given birth to him without any drugs. <laughs> and I had a, a very fortunately had a very beautiful birth experience that made me feel like a superwoman, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, um, yeah. And I fundamentally believe it was because I fed my mind for months, for a number of months, not even that long, but for a number of months before I gave birth, um, I was telling myself, I can do this. And the proof's in the pudding, it worked. Well, that's a good, I mean, it's, it's a great story. And, and um, you know, affirmations work if they're tied to quite specific behaviours. Yeah, and it was an ultimate goal. You I don't know. think there's anything more profound yeah. or primal than yeah. than giving birth. Exactly, yeah. So if you, you know, affirmations that say, oh, I am wonderful or, or you know, I'm, I'm, you know, generalised affirmations are not particularly useful for, for most people, whereas very specific ones like you're talking about, because they're linked to actions, you are indeed, you're, you're priming yourself and you're giving yourself a sense of control. So like with Porik, it was the chipping and the putting yeah. and it was a very yeah. focused yeah. Yeah. And goal. It, he, he, um, uh, be, because, because he was thinking about nothing else, yeah. it, 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 it not only was he not anxious, but he was actually going to perform better because his brain was in a state and, of focus. And, and similarly, your words that you were putting, your affirmations were... They were focusing your attention. If you mm. can, to the degree that you can control your attention, you can control pain, you can control distress, you can control emotions. It's so that's confidence. Well, con confident in part, confidence is a belief that you can do something. Mm. So if I believe I can do something, that will focus my attention. Yeah. So that's why um, taking action is so a critical part of confidence. Um, there's two. There's two kind of modes of thinking, broadly speaking, deliberation and implementing. Mm. Deliberation is what am I going to do 
you know, what, what, uh, am I going to do X, Y, and Z? And there your attention opens wide and you're thinking through, should I, should I move house? Should I change relationship? And, and the swings of ups and downs and your attention and, and you're, you're much more likely to experience anxiety because your attention is very wide. But then there's implementation. I've decided to move house. I've decided to enter that relationship. I've decided to start that course. Yeah. And there you're focused, you're focused on a specific goal, which is in the future. And with that belief that you can achieve at least intermediate stages towards that goal, that's the most incredible. That's like a shield against anxiety and self-doubt. Unlike the deliberation mode, you're in implementation mode. So you're in action mode. That's the best um, mm. possible kind of mind-altering drug yes. <laughs> you can have. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so that, so confidence makes it more likely for you to get into that mode, mm. and being in that mode makes it more likely you will experience the, the, the confidence that comes from successfully accomplished actions. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that, um, and I know this conversation is not about me, but very quickly, when I was pregnant then with my baby girl, I thought I would feel very confident going into, I got to do this all again. Yeah. You know, human out of my body thing. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was quite scared because I, I felt like I hadn't done half as much preparation yeah. as I had on my on my son. Um, I didn't yeah. do the post-its yeah. this time yeah. around. I, you know, but in saying that, when it came to the day, I, my body had already done the work before so there was a certain yeah. amount of muscle memory and fortunately yeah. I, I had a lovely birth experience without drugs yeah. the second time also yeah. but I was more fearful interestingly yeah. Yeah. simply because I suppose it's the classic failed prepare prepare to fail well that's right I mean you, you, you'd put a lot of work into the first I had, time I had and I um, and I hadn't the second time yeah but, but the fact is that confidence the biggest source of confidence is, is completed. Yeah, I did this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before. And as you said, with the speaking, you know, the first time you did it, you were yeah. quite nervy and now yeah. it, it doesn't really take yeah, a feather yeah. out of you. Yeah. How has your own confidence improved with your study of it? Well, it's very interesting because I, you know, I was, I was brought up a, a, you know, working class boy council house in Glasgow and um, was, and, you know, there's a number of things that sap your confidence. The, you know, your, your socioeconomic status is mm. I, it's, it's probably not quite as, as as undermining as your gender, in terms of potentially undermining your confidence or your your physical appearance or your race or your age. Uh, all of these things, all of them have stereotypes associated with them. To the extent that you internalize the stereotype, it undermines your confidence. So I was I was not a confident um, uh, young person, and you know uh, I remember the first time when I moved into academia, my first as I said, my first talk to an international conference. I was a complete jelly, and and mm. and that's that's interesting because when you're in a state of anxiety like that, your your mind selectively pays attention to evidence of failure. So you look at the person frowning in the audience or the person shaking their head and not yeah. to the majority of people who are looking interested and you and, and your memory systems go back to throw up past failures and that multiplies it. So to the extent that I know now if I see someone frowning in a talk I'm giving or shaking their head, I know my attention will lock onto that, but I know consciously to pull it away and to focus on the people who are looking interested. Yes. So that's one of the little mental habits 
the, 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 the make make it easier for me to, to have a, a reasonable success experience after giving a lecture or something mm. that means that I will then be more confident about the next one but um, yeah, we do lock on to the next yeah. don't we it's yeah, like of course, so of again the advice there is to you know you're you're going to recognize it but try and move away from yeah. it yes realize that 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 um, not allow yourself to be sucked into low probability events of you know uh, you know uh, low pr- <laughs> that's that's not a, a good source of data about whether you did well or not okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. A- and you can consciously if, you know take yourself out of the anxiety state and, and say well look how do i think i actually did there how would a dispassionate observer think i did and if you get out of your own the tunnel of your own head mm. then you can say actually i did not badly so you can kind of you can almost you can rewrite some experiences as you know that you were seeing as a failure as a success mm. so you can do a bit of rewriting but it's all of all of these things are habits of thinking that we've you know we've had over tens of years and habits take a long long time to unravel you know yeah. to overcome so you have to be patient about this and realize no you can't just say to yourself oh because uh, you know, I, I, if I pay attention to the good things, I won't think these thoughts. No, you have to work at gradually overwriting these uh, self-deprecating thoughts with more confidence-enhancing ones. Can you talk about the um, the exercise that was carried out with the boys and girls again, and what came out of that? Because it was it was really interesting how different the results were. Yes. Um, so there was one. This was the. Uh, if, if, there's a couple of studies, but there was one that the BT Young Scientist uh, exhibition in, in Dublin, which I'm a judge on, mm. and two young lads from down in Cork, fantastic young guys. They they, well, they were wondering why girls, young girls, d- didn't go into STEM subjects, science, technology, technology subjects, and um, they, uh, um, so they just gave them these five-year-olds a, a piece of paper and said, draw draw me a doctor, draw me an engineer. And, and uh, they gave that to the boys as well, and um, the, the 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 girls, and give them a name so you know what sex it is. The girls, fifty percent of the time the engineer was female, fifty percent were male. The boys, ninety five percent it was a male engineer. Mm. So even at that age, you were getting this. Um, you, you realised that the the girls' perception about um, what they could and could not do was Ooh, was actually yeah. shaped. <laughs> they, the boys were the saboteurs, unconscious saboteurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what age are we talking? Five. God, the same age as my kid now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, but, you know, the good news is, as we see from, you know, America's way ahead in terms of you know, sex equality mm-hmm. and what's, what women are regarded as being capable of. I mean, we had the... You know, the, the NASA launches, you know, women engineers running, yeah, them, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, yeah. That, 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 you know, you just have to work at it. And that, that kind of, that shows you that this is not biologically determined. This is not fate. This is, this is how we, how we bring up our children and what we believe and what we say to ourselves. Yeah. And I suppose as individuals, if like, whether we're parents or not, most of us interact with kids in one way or another. Yeah. Be aware how we speak to them. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Um, and what we're feeding them yeah, and yeah. you know I suppose the most important thing is to empower both boys and girls uh, but certainly that girls are, are, are as able and capable and, and get that message across to the boys yeah, yeah, the absolutely. girls are as capable as them yeah, absolutely. and then some yeah anyway okay. no, just, uh, just, you know how women are supposed to be worse than men at visio spatial 
abilities. That's a prejudice that exists. Stereotype. Yeah. So and then, but pro- is it based on like genetic kind of programming or no. or how we're well, biologically let me, programmed? Let me, let me make the argument not that it's not. Okay, so Mary, good. Mary, Mary Mitchell O'Connor. Yeah. Came famously. Oh yeah. Start of the doll. Drove down. And and the, the all the mainly male reporters, all the oh this you know, this hilarity just shows women, particularly because she's very feminine appearance and all that. Yeah, you know, yeah. Red, red yeah. car and all blonde hair. I mean, if you look at the steps, anyone could have done it. They were so invisible and They shallow. are, yeah. I've been and honest. It, they it, are actually. To be fair so, to you, you're right. So, so, however, so if you give women a visuospatial task to do, okay, mm, mm. to orient themselves in space and do the visuospatial, yes, they do worse than men. But if you give them the very same task, but but describe it as a task of empathy. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Love this. And it involves exactly the same cognitive skills. The male-female difference disappears. So the comp- I've got goosebumps now with that. The, I love that. The mental computations are the same. But it's what happens is you tell a woman, this is a visio, well, it's clear it's a visuospatial task. They know that they're supposed to be poorer, the visuospatial abilities. Mm. And that is... That thought and the anxiety associated with it interferes with the performance of the task. Yeah, you cha- and the same thing happens with uh, racial differences in performance and IQ tests. You know, because black people are supposedly poor, you know, lower IQ, which is it's it's it's, it's, it's just bio- it's not a biological reality at all. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. There are cultural and social factors, but the, 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 the their underperformance is hugely reduced. If you say if you if you don't portray portray it as a, a, a as an IQ test, if yeah. you say this is a this we're studying thinking, we're, stu- okay. we're studying how people think, and you get them to do exactly the same problems, and and they they perform much better in it. So and similarly with older people, if you tell older people um, we're giving you a memory test. Oh, and by the way, you are in the oldest group of all the people we're. Um, and and you know you, you you find that their memories go way down. So it's just fear clogs the, that. The, the fear and the, and the, and the expectations associated with whatever the negative stereotype is undermines your performance. It becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. Wow. So, so so there's no reason we shouldn't have just as many women engineers. What a fascinating conversation. I mean, I actually on the list was like, okay, so he's written a book about confidence and he's written another one about stress and I want to talk about both. We didn't even touch, we, we did touch on stress, but we didn't even get into it. We don't have time now, so perhaps you might do me the honour of revisiting a conversation down the line because Delighted. I would love to talk to you about stress. Um, final words, top, I suppose your top tips on how to to boost your confidence. I mean, I know throughout this conversation you've given them to us, but just a final word for people, if you're struggling with your confidence in your personal life or work life, how can we improve it? So set goals for yourself that stretch you a little bit, but not too much. Okay. Um, so for instance, supposing it's about losing weight, for example, um, don't set yourself the goal of losing a kilogram or two kilograms. Set yourself the goal of changing one item of your diet, <laughs> you know, at lunchtime a day. Yeah. Select, be, be, become skilled at selecting goals that are hard enough that if you succeed them, you'll get a little surge of uh, satisfaction, but that are easy enough 
that they're, you're not going to you're, you're, there's a you're not you're probably going to do them okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. And build so 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 success. People who are emotionally successful are very skilled at setting goals for themselves. Even if it's I'm sitting down at my desk for the next. What's my goal for the next half hour? Okay, my goal is I'm going to finish that horrible report that's been putting off for for weeks. I'm just going to do 30 minutes of that. Mm-hmm. I won't finish it, but I'm doing 30 minutes on that task that I hate. And by by framing the goal like that, yes. Even if you don't finish the goal, you won't finish it. But but having set a goal that's a time goal, and you get you get a little surge of satisfaction that mm. lifts your mood. So success of goals, um, learning to control your your anxiety because anxiety is a great corrosive of confidence, and we can talk about that if I come back. Yeah. About and and your breathing is a huge part of that, and your yes. your mental set is is a huge part of that. Um, uh, just. Be aware of the saboteurs, the internal and external saboteurs to your confidence. The people in your life for whom it suits for you to be underconfident. Okay. <laughs> and, and and the internal, the internal um, th- thoughts and and words you say to yourself. So the you know the yeah. Um, and your values, um, you know, affirm your values to yourself. Who am I? What's what's and if you affirm your values, even take a minute or two to write down what is it I that's at the core of who I am and mm-hmm. why do I hold these values? That that's a huge bolster against um, your ego being un, being being uh, weakened and your sense of confidence being being corroded, you know, by say criticism or or threat. So affirming your values. So that's there's there's a whole lot more. Um, there's uh, but attention, attention. So mm. Rumi, the Afghanistani uh, Persian poet, said mm. the path only appears with the first step. So you have. To yes. Anxiety stops you doing stuff. Yeah. You have to keep doing stuff in spite of the anxiety, and in spite of the fact, and trust in it. And yeah. you, what you know is you don't know what you don't know. Mm. You don't know what you're not, you're going to see if you just take that step, and trying to avoid the avoidance that comes with anxiety and try and set yourself goals. Um, and some of these goals can be internal, like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to say these things to that person without getting upset. That's my goal. Mm. Yeah. Um, and if you're clear in your mind what the goal is and you achieve it, just that goal, that is a huge step towards boosting confidence. Thank you. Professor Ian Robertson, your book on confidence is How Confidence Works, The New Science of Self-Belief. And I've already a few things on the list for the next chat. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you, Sheila. My next episode of Ready to Be Real is with trailblazing entrepreneur Marissa Carter. And if you enjoyed this episode with Professor Ian Robertson, please share it with friends, family or on social media. And you can support what I do in all the usual ways by clicking follow, giving a rating or leaving a comment. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Ready To Be Real. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.